0: So so I think maybe we should just uh, kick off today's discussion uh, with probably Ajay, you had a question and maybe, you know, you can start with what you read in chapter six and take us through and we will go through this.
1: Yeah, so I think before we go to chapter six, I think the, the whole sort of limitless question still plays through my mind. And uh, I mean, the way I have been rationalizing it is that awareness is limited or limitless rather hmm. and the way I think about it is that it is limitless because I can be aware of anything that I am made aware of Good. that's how kind of I'm thinking about it that you know my knowledge is limited, my Perception is what it is, but my awareness is limitless. And yeah. the question that I have was that is awareness when I say awareness is is limitless, is it my ability to be aware or just the awareness itself?
0: I don't know I understand, I understand. So um, so you, you're saying is my, uh, is awareness, is my ability to be aware limited or is it that awareness is limitless but I'm not able to understand it?
2: How, why is, how is the awareness limited? Is that the question?
1: Yeah, so, so the way I'm thinking is that my ability to be aware is limitless, I get that. But when you say awareness is limited,
0: is it the same thing, or are they two different things? Awareness is not limited. It's the other way around. Sorry, sorry, I I,
1: I may have... You meant that, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean that. So what I meant was that my ability to be aware is limitless. I get that. Uh, Is awareness and being aware the same thing?
0: Awareness and being aware. So, um, uh, no, it's not that, it's it's probably not the same. The way that I understood the book is, uh, being aware means it always has to have a relationship with the object. Okay, I am being aware of this table. Okay? But if the table is not there, then I'm not aware of the table. So I can't be aware of the table. But I'm aware, still. I'm aware of something.
1: Yeah, I'm aware of the fact that there is no
0: table, yeah. Correct. Okay. So that aspect is awareness. I mean, in this example, it may just seem like a dichotomy either or, but it's, you know, you extend it across multi-dimensions, right? So awareness has got no, uh, my understanding is that awareness has got no uh, relationship to any object. And that object could be physical object or it could be thoughts or it could be you know, any of the combination of experiences and all, all sorts of things. It doesn't really matter.
2: Another uh, another perspective is, uh, is it limited? If you can look at it from the perspective of, uh, is it limited by time and space? So is awareness changing based on time? Over time, does it change, right? The answer is no. No. Uh, no,
3: yeah.
2: Things change, thoughts change, and other things, even our body changes. But awareness does not change. So that is one aspect. It's not limited uh, by time. That's one. And in terms of space, it, it, it doesn't occupy any space. right? So if it doesn't occupy any space,
1: it must be everywhere too. Yeah, that make sense? makes sense.
0: That's very helpful. Yeah. And I think I like the example of the part space what what uh, the book talks about, right? So uh, if you look at the if you take a part and you look at look into the part, you'll see that there is some space inside and there is some space outside as well. But then in the you know in our eyes we are making the distinguishing distinguish that you know this is an inside space and that's an outside space because it is a part. And if you break the part, then you can't make out whether this spot is this spot space was here or there or there. You can't make out. So it is limitless.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's that. Hopefully, yeah, I think
4: So I have a question. Now that we are locked out, we are limited within our houses, what do you think our awareness is right now?
0: uh see uh, uh, okay first of all it's a good question but again i think uh, uh, you know we have to figure out whether we are confusing awareness with our mind or body okay the awareness if it is the body if the body uh, in which this awareness is that is limited if that awareness is associated with your mind or my mind that is limited again but the awareness itself doesn't matter what is happening. It is still aware of everything, everywhere.
5: I quite like that uh, other uh, um, example of the ocean and the wave. Uh-huh. and And that kind of helps to... Mm you know, clarify the permanency or the unchangeability or the eternalness of what awareness that they're trying to talk about. It just really helped me get better clarity because, and the pot example that you're saying Rajesh is also a lovely one, because we are defining a boundary by that pot or that earthenness of that pot, that physical aspect. And I think for myself personally, when I was reading, I think I was using awareness till, you know, very often interchangeably with knowledge. Uh, As I kept reading, I mean, every time I read it, I had to remind myself that it isn't knowledge. And that's where this whole object-subject thing came about. And then once I started being extremely conscious when I was reading that it isn't knowledge, then I think it helped a little bit not that I'm saying I wouldn't revert to it and get back into the confusion, but at least momentarily it helps to understand it at that point in time when I'm reading
0: yeah I, I think that's a that's a very very valid point I agree with you yeah yeah, well, oh,
2: yeah just one more go
1: ahead Ajay I was just going to say the distinction between knowledge and awareness is quite clear.
5: Yeah, yeah it is.
2: Yeah, if we are able to uh, perceive it, like we, the knowledge is, okay, I know this or I don't know this. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so in which case we are able to perceive it. So it is an object of perception. So it cannot be awareness.
1: Yeah, but the fact that I don't know it is awareness. The fact right. that
0: I know that I don't know, yeah. Correct. Yeah, I, I think uh, that reminds me, Ajay, what you say. If I ask you, you know, do you know Hindi? What will be your answer? Yeah. Yes. Do you know Chinese? No. And You are aware that you don't know I'm Chinese. Aware. Yeah, exactly.
6: exactly.
0: I'm aware of what, yeah, I'm aware yeah. of that. But, but if you knew Chinese, you had knowledge of Chinese. But you also had awareness that you that you were Chinese.
3: Yeah.
7: So Rajesh, I am confused now uh, because you know, see, the awareness is beyond all this, right? Beyond. Uh, say like Chinese, I know it, or whatever. I thought it was beyond that, right? So maybe are we are we using the same label to two different things? Uh, no, no.
0: No. What I'm saying is awareness. Awareness means you know uh, awareness by itself is like electricity. We we agree with that, right? It it is useless unless and until it comes in in the form of the light coming from the light bulb. Okay. So, that awareness expressed in different ways. One is, you, if you know something, you say you, you know something. And it is using the medium of mind to express that it knows something. Okay? And when you don't know something, it uses that medium mind again to express that it doesn't know something. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> So you are, you are aware of, when you say you are aware of, I am aware of, means like there is an object and your mind is aware of. Correct. But your mind is able to say that because there is some entity, that principle called awareness behind it, which is expressing itself through the mind. You had to interpret it that way. Okay, okay.
7: I, I I think I'll stick to the screen example. <laughs>
8: yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah. lovely example. Rajesh, Rajesh, like that, the yeah. example was really good. Huh? Mm. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I think you know uh, this is something that uh, that comes pretty yeah, when you when you go through this right you know you will you will figure this thing out um, after after you read Gita you know you will figure that okay I need to do next I need to understand this better and you go to the next scripture and all that some time you get locked into some particular scripture which you love start liking much more because your mindset becomes you know uh, more attuned to that for example in my case I've read a couple of scriptures. The thing that got attuned was Kathopanishad. Rest of the Upanishads are all okay, but you know Kathopanishad, the way that it expresses what uh, this thing is all about, was something easy for me to understand. Not that I didn't understand other things, but I can't relate to them as well as what I can. Do. So you know, if you if you if you agree to one particular examples, you know, there's nothing wrong in saying that okay, I'm going to stick with this because at this stage. We have to understand that it's an entity which is different than what we have understood so far about our life, okay? About ourselves. Maybe, you know, there is 0.000001% understanding. That is still okay. Uh,
8: uh, While we are at Upanishad, you know, we just touched upon uh, Upanishad. This one week, uh, what I have spent on this, I have realized that you know uh, uh, there's, there are many many people who have done research right on this subject. I was uh, really happy to know that uh, uh, this chapter five, which deals with who am I, chapter with most difficult, most under, misunderstood uh, topic ever. Uh-huh. Uh, by all the all the elevated souls who have you know attempted it. So among the various scriptures written, the smallest one is the Mandukya Upanishad. It has only twelve mantras, and I think among the twelve, the seventh one deals with who am I. Yeah, and you'll be surprised to know that whatever present i did on the net and you know, the other, talking to the people uh, I, was, I was i was happy to know that you know we have also been struggling and uh, see we wanted to discuss the sixth chapter but uh, we are happy to continue you know still with the shethban yeah absolutely Thank you so much. absolutely say so yeah. that also uh, and that also uh, uh, everybody has, you know, said, uh, in their own way. And uh, you know, uh, it is again uh, what we said, awareness. People talk it differently. It is consciousness. Yeah. But everything deals and uh, talks about oneness with the world. What Soni Vivekananda also said. And then that oneness is ultimately, you know, uh, my 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 understanding reaching God. Because we come out of Him and we again usi me sama That's what Geeta says. Usi se nikal kar usi me sama Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And,
3: and,
0: and, and what so Geeta... If, know, if somebody this happens to... Go ahead, sorry. I interrupted
3: you. Yeah.
1: So if uh, if uh,
8: if uh, I mean uh, if people uh, he heard about family, uh he, he he spoke he spoke about this in IT Kanpur, and I got a got a link of that. If uh, people want, I can send it across. class. It is wonderful listening to him, you know.
3: Okay,
0: please please do send it. So. Uh, so Ajay, should we move on now from the limitless part of it? I know that you know we may have a lot of questions, but uh, should we move on? And maybe do you want to start with uh, sharing what 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 you understood in chapter six, and what are the things that that worked for you, and we can discuss that? Of course, you yeah, can go back to the previous chapters also. Yeah, no, this uh, I can hear a bird chirping. Is that, is that only I can hear it? Or you guys are also Thank
5: you. I was waiting for us to finish this discussion to ask. Because I've okay. got the door open. Yeah. Maybe should I shut the door? Is it annoying everyone?
1: No,
8: no. Let it continue. Let it continue. Not annoying. It is. Yeah, it's quite loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is
5: loud. It's a minor sitting outside. Yeah. And it's,
0: yeah, it, it, it drives it's, me quite oh, clear, wow. but, uh,
5: it's You can close yeah. the
0: door. You can close the door if you yeah, can.
5: Yeah, that's what I did
7: know how annoying it is thank you. Yeah. I thought the birds were outside my window and I was wondering how come they are still chirping when I am on YouTube. okay is that okay
5: now I, because I just yeah, got so used to it being like a background noise around here but uh, I, I wasn't sure I thought okay let me just wait for a proper pause in the conversation before I ask about a bird chirping yeah that's fine okay
0: great.
1: thank you Okay, so uh, so again, I was saying earlier, I did go, keep going back to chapter five. I think about chapter six and happiness, and uh, you know the the question of whether happiness is an object or not, and you know, it is. I have perceived happiness in doing something, right, which is from the from the material world, if you will, right, which is from from not from the I, but from a lot of other things, right? But obviously the chapter argues that I am happiness, or happiness is within us, is within the self, and uh, and that it takes an example of how in deep sleep we're in a state of happiness. Now. At least in my mind, the question that came to my mind was: in deep sleep, I am unaware. I'm not sure when I'm deep sleep. I'm. In, I'm. I'm. Is that a state of happiness, or is that a state of not being aware?
2: Um, Ajay, uh, very good questions. So. In deep sleep, if you think about it, there is only awareness, if you think about it, right? Because when you come out of deep sleep, you know that you had a really good sleep. So, when, so the mind, so external world was, uh, in deep sleep, there is no external world, right? uh, There is no internal uh, dreams even. So, the external world is missing, the body is missing, you're not aware of body, right? Somebody taps you in deep sleep, you're you're not aware that somebody has tapped you. The the, uh, Mm -hmm. sense of touch is missing, right? You're not hearing anything, you're not seeing anything, you're not smelling anything. There's uh, so those sense organs have shut down. You're not, uh, there are no thoughts, and there is no dream. Uh, So the mind is shut down, and there are no thoughts that gives you ideas or creativity or, uh, hey, things to do, or those things have shut down. So the intellect has shut down, right? So everything seems to have shut down. But somehow, when you wake up, you know that you had a really good sleep. And you know that only when you wake up, right? So that is one point. So that was something that was aware. In fact, only that was aware. That only that was there. Everything else had been shut down.
1: Uh, they went into hibernation. So that is one point. Right? There was own So there was. Sorry, just to reject that. So what you're saying is there was only eye at that point.
2: Only awareness at that time, isn't it? Because there was, everything else seems to have that. There was something. Let's say. Let's not even say that's awareness. Right at this point, let's just uh, say that there was something that was there, because otherwise we wouldn't know that we would have. We had slept really well. Right. That's one. Uh, one point to uh, ponder, upon. Uh, uh, the second one, there's a person, you know, let's say who is in the ICU of. Uh, I, I, this is something uh, I heard from, you know, Sama uh, used to, Swamiji uh, used to say this. That you know, say, you know, he teaches in Manhattan. So you say, it's a person who is in the ICU of Mount Sinai in Manhattan, who may or may not survive the next couple of weeks. If this patient's sleep is the same as a rich man's sleep, the uh, same as the poor man's sleep, in deep sleep. They're all the same. There's no difference at all whatsoever, right? So it also gives us another hint that, hey, there is something, that is one thing, that there was uh, there is something, whatever that is, and that that seems to be the same no matter who the person is. No.
1: Uh, you know, at what situation they are in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I can relate to it, and that kind of, you know, my the, the question uh, on, on what up which is, is my awareness and your awareness the same to which Rajesh said yes, and I think this example does kind of validate that.
4: So, uh, how about
3: the example? <laughs> we go ahead finally go ahead after that i okay I so can i go i have a question uh-huh. to okay
5: okay Satya, carry on after that after you
6: so, so just uh, you know just, you know just build what did kishore was the same topic uh,
3: uh, uh, i Two
6: questions there. Yeah, so, one is, you know, uh, uh, that's what, but associate that with you know, uh, I'm not able to get you know, happiness here used more as a, you know, a metaphor for both happiness as well as, uh, uh, say, uh,
3: sadness.
6: Because I could, I I may have a deep sleep, you know. Um, some dreams happened, and uh, when I can get up and uh, be kind of uh, frightened, we can be uh, sad and so on, right? So um, uh, that's one thing. The second is the same. You know, uh, whatever is explained in this chapter on happiness, that you know, I see. I you know, I see a person who like, uh, I eat a food which I'll. Like, you know, uh, it's, you know, the happiness. I mean, all these, whenever it is happiness, is also say that the state of sadness, right? So, correct. My confusion
2: (laughs) here. Okay. So, uh, uh, Satya, the first question. I think uh, you hit upon something very uh, important there, right? Which is, uh, is the state of happiness? How is that related to awareness? I mean, am I paraphrasing it correctly? Uh, mm. right? Right? Be- because if we say that there was only uh, awareness, yeah, um, how is that kind of related to happiness? Right? Because the yeah. paper actually touches upon happiness, and then it also touches upon the fact that it is related to who am I um, as, uh, so this is one of the important, one, uh, important concepts um, if you again by uh, by our you know um, process of elimination we can I think they uh, I think uh, Swamji does that in the book as well is that by, he first rules out external objects as being the source of happiness Right, I mean, it might, um, you know, if you take a look at uh, some food, right? So if you eat a food, you eat this particular uh, food, you're happy for some time, but you keep eating it, you're not going to be happy, right? After a while, or the the level of happiness goes down. So it cannot be the external thing that gives you happiness. It's got to be something from then. Then what? Actually, right? so eliminate external objects as the, the um, as a source of happiness. Then could it be the body? Uh, and then could it be the mind? He rules out body and mind also as the source of happiness. And then that leaves you with, okay, if none of these are the sources of happiness, what could it be? Could it be the self? Right? That seems to be how uh, Swamiji is dealt with in the in the uh, uh, in the book, isn't it? That's that's how I I, I read
0: that. Yeah kishore that's a great point there's there's another argument also that's presented in the book isn't it like in the deep sleep there yeah. is no flutter in the mind and yeah. the the uh, the flutter in the mind is caused because you have you have some desire to do something some desire and then correct uh, you know uh, you go and do that and you achieve that happiness and then after some time again you you know you are satisfied for some time and you don't bother about it anymore then again you go to something else and so the activity, pause, activity, pause, activity is, is giving you the happiness uh, in between when you don't have those, when you have whatever you wanted to do, it has been fulfilled and that gives you Correct. the happiness, okay? But in deep sleep, yeah. the whole funda, right. which I understood right. in the book was in deep sleep, there is no need, there is no this flutter that is happening yes okay no, yeah. which means you yeah. don't need to go out and look for happiness at all because happiness is you are already fulfilled
3: correct yeah
2: exactly so so somehow i think we can interpret based on these that the, um, one happiness is not uh, cannot be derived or it's not available from external sources and two more importantly it is it is in us somehow right so and um if you again look look at it from is it in the body or is it in the mind I, it's kind of related uh, um it's seen in the mind feel it that way we we probably at first see it that way but then if we um go deeper as rajesh just pointed out it seems to be related to how still our mind is and in deep sleep the mind is completely still it's shut down and at that point it seems like there is, um, there is nothing but happiness because you're sleeping at that point and a person who is you know otherwise in the waking state probably in, in all kinds of trouble maybe has to pay all these bills and is in the icu with may not live for two more no weeks and whatnot This person is sleeping so well and in deep sleep those things just vanish so those things do not bother him or there is no other want so there is stillness at that point so that can give us another hint, which is that hey, could happiness result from that stillness? Could be the effect mm-hmm. of that stillness. Yeah. Is it related? How is it related? Could be the next question. Correct.
3: So, Rajesh, can I ask I
7: have one more clarification?
6: Yes. That is it. A... Go ahead, guys. Go. ahead. please, go. No, no, you go ahead. Go
7: ahead. Yeah. So, Rajesh, have a...
0: Um,
5: just you know, continuing with this now, you know how in some fields of thought we talk about sleep and death. So we're talking about awareness existing in sleep. Now, what happens with the with death? Is it because we don't wake up from this sleep that we cannot? Think about it existing in death, or or is it because we are having an example of sleep over here, because we can wake up at the end of the sleep, and then feel this existence of awareness? Do I make sense? Uh,
0: in my question? No, no, uh, no. no, sure, an, no. Uh, anupama, I, part of it, part of it, I understood. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me try to let me let me try to paraphrase the question because i think rather than answering i think it's better if i paraphrase your question
3: okay. and
0: uh, you know maybe yeah uh, what you're saying is uh, we become aware of i mean your is your question saying that we become aware of awareness after we wake up yes but after death we don't know whether we we are aware of awareness or not yeah is that the question yeah Same question,
5: because we uh, believe I that the soul that. exists right if i'm then taking okay. it the awareness and the soul is interchangeable, or do I keep it separate? So there, I was getting into this whole spiral and getting lost, and even trying to keep, you know, understand it for similar myself. Lines,
4: on, I have a question. On similar lines, I have uh, same question. Like, what happens in general anesthesia? Yeah. Like, you have a surgery. <laughs> you have general say you have surgery, and after you wake up, you realize that you had the surgery. I don't think during uh, general anesthesia you have any awareness, you know, and uh, suppose you have a general anesthesia and you don't have a surgery, but only after you wake up, you realize that you had a surgery or you did not have a surgery during the period when you were under general anesthesia. So this is similar to what Anupama is asking. Like, I mean, you know, your wake- waking up is quite relevant to what you're going to be aware of.
0: A a good question, good question.
2: Uh, So when you come out of general anesthesia, do you feel, do we feel in the same way as coming out of a very deep sleep?
4: No, No, you don't feel anything because I recently had a surgery one year ago and uh, I I just, I mean, I was talking and suddenly I went off and after some time I woke up and I had no feeling whatsoever. No memory, nothing. And only after I wake up, I realize that, you know, I have a bandage and stitches and all that.
9: Okay, um, I think... Yeah,
3: uh, I, oh. we have to table that. Oh, okay.
9: <laughs> okay. No, so yeah,
0: finally... You have a point.
9: Yeah, but you don't... From anesthesia also, when you got up, you couldn't say that you were sad
4: no I, I have oh, I'm have, have, have not saying I'm sad or happy or anything only after I wake up I realize that I have undergone a, a surgery and that
9: so the bliss we talk about is absence of sadness yeah. The happiness in general, the context we use in is when we are exhilarated by something. You know, when we get something very nice or something. So the bliss state is
5: also when there is
9: sadness. So even during anesthesia, what you're seeing you were not aware is you did not understand. So I think the two, two stages we were, we've been trying to distinguish between the two. Your mind did not know at that time, but awareness was there because the awareness needs to be continuously there otherwise if if that con if that continuity is missed a new awareness is created then that will not remember the old old stuff so so I think what I'm trying to explain is actually anesthesia is quite similar to deep sleep state yes. And uh, I think just Satya, one point, you were saying you had dreams. Actually, Sushukti is the, sorry, the the Swapnavastha is the third state. So I think what we are referring to here is the deep sleep. So when you get up from deep sleep, you say, Main Sukh soya, mujhe kuch bhi pata nahi raha.
3: Okay. Yeah.
7: That's, that's the key. Mujhe kuch pata nahi I think that's...
9: So that Gyaan so... is there. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And Adhyan also we are referring to as awareness that you knew. Indeed. Right. Okay, and
4: um, But suppose suppose like I just what I said. Suppose I, I, I'm told I'm I will be put on anesthesia and will undergo a surgery. Yeah. After I after I wake up I realize that I actually underwent the surgery. But suppose I'm put into anesthesia and the doctors do not do the surgery. Correct. Okay, so after that I wake up and I find out that I did not have the surgery. So how do you distinguish between the two awarenesses? During the same before you went on a CCR, after you wake up, that now the two facts are different. You had yes, surgery? So no, that's what, these
9: facts are related to the situation, to the surgery, which is object. So, but, your
4: awareness is, but your awareness is different now, na? It is your knowledge yeah. that whether the level
2: of it, mind, yeah,
9: whether the surgery was done or not. I think that yeah. we were trying to distinguish the two things the knowledge and the awareness.
6: And, uh, awareness, correct. So, so, Nali, in both the cases, you know, it is basically you don't know. The answer is you don't know. So, I mean, when you pick up, you actually, you know, the so, I
9: did not uh, the, the mind did not know the intellect did not know did not. but you existed yes. through it actually uh, I think I am jumping so sure was trying to avoid <laughs> that I existed no that, that awareness existed yeah. awareness
3: sure.
9: word is bit bit confusing so use that awareness and knowledge or awareness or understanding as two things that's your mind's understanding but mind again we have seen that mind is again an object. it is not you
0: or it is not awareness. Awareness is not the mind. So what's uh, so, happening so in the mind? So let, let me connect back Sonali's question and Anupama, what you were answering to what Anupama was asking, right? So in the book, they talk about an example of waves and uh, and the right? So when the when the waves come through, okay, we we know that okay wave has come through. And we call it as a wave and it's different from the ocean because you see it different and all that stuff, right? But even when the wave was there and wave when the wave goes away, water was there, correct? When you move from, let's say you call it a wave, rather than calling it a wave, you move one level of abstraction and then you say water, water was there. So when you look at it from a water's point of view, does the water really care whether water was there in a wave or you know, not in a wave? Does it call, okay, only wave is water, but not other things is not water, it does not bother, right? So, irrespective of whether you sleep, or you're in anesthesia, or you're awake, or you're sleeping, you know, when you move away from your body or your mind, you know that there is something constant that has been existing across all these four, which goes across the time. Otherwise, to Alpras' point, you cannot say I was a kid, and. When I was 10 years old, I had an anesthesia-based surgery, which I had, okay? I I remember it. I know it. And it is the same person that is now sitting here, maybe same person after a few years later, except that the shape will change, right? This wave that you see here is going to become a little bit more older wave. Now, coming to... I
3: think...
9: uh,
8: think, uh, you know, I think relating anesthesia completely with deep sleep may not be correct uh, because it's something beyond deep sleep. Because otherwise, there if is something called as local sleep anesthesia. In deep
3: sleep,
4: if you experience a pain, a cut, you will hmm. wake up. But in no. anesthesia, you will not wake up. Correct. Sorry, I'm, I'm coming to that. All your senses, everything is cut off, but in yeah, deep sleep yeah. that's not the case. Yeah. If someone hits you in deep sleep, you
8: will wake up. Perfectly right. Perfectly. Yeah. Right. That's what that's what Sonali was coming to. That's why I wanted to bring in something called as local anesthesia. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because you you can see the operation happening on your body, and just just that the pain element is gone. So with local anesthesia, with anesthesia per se. It's, uh, maybe I'm not qualified enough to talk about it but they play with your nervous system and senses also yeah so that pain of cutting your uh, whatever body part
0: and all is all gone mm-hmm. no, I think Rajan and Sonali I think I, I want you guys to just step back behind whether you had a surgery with anesthesia without anesthesia deep sleep you know that all is is all happening at what level we, we agree yes. first of all that you know after having gone through the first four five chapters we know that there is something called a body something called a mind something called intellect we know that right and we also discussed that there is a potentiality that there is something else called awareness which is seeing which is the subject of all these things now you change the entire discussion and let's discuss in terms of subject and object okay now what is the subject in in deep sleep and what is the subject in in when, when, you had anesthesia and what was the object? Let's talk about that. Object
3: subject was, was awareness was in both the cases. Yeah.
0: Can you repeat what you said, Rajan? I didn't hear you very well. Subject, <laughs> subject was awareness in both the cases. Correct. And that's exactly the awareness what we're talking about. Yeah. What, what was the object? object was your body body and in in uh in uh, deep sleep or in anesthesia it was even your mind too your mind too was completely uh, numbed body up. And body. right yeah so later on when Could you me. woke up from the anesthesia what what part what part of your i mean how did you make out that you, yes you had a surgery or you did not have a surgery it was, it was because your body. mind started seeing some reality there, correct? But even before your mind saw it, there was something there that that the subject which got operated upon was there. That was there, isn't it? That was a body that got operated
4: upon. That object was operated upon. The
0: subject, the subject's body, because you're not the body. You agree? Yeah. The subject's body got operated upon. The subject's mind did not feel the pain that's how you should you should analyze the situation
9: yeah and uh anukma yeah to your point about uh you know the sleep
5: and versus death
9: yeah because no one is there to tell about after death right
5: yeah so that, that's what future, i was asking yeah
9: and we will know it when we die that the awareness is still there <laughs>
8: So no, uh, you know, have, that's why that's why it said no nah, the soul never dies.
3: So,
4: people who have experienced you know, near death experiences from their uh work like my grandmother herself and at one time, you know uh like she was almost dying, like her pulses everything was gone and we almost thought she was dead and then she came back from that. To gain consciousness, and we asked, him, you know, that my, actually I was too small then, right? but my parents, my father relates this story to us. He say, he asked, her what, what did you think? What did you feel when, you know, uh, when he, she said, you know, I, I, I was just dreaming. I was dreaming that I was a young girl, and that with her father, she was going for a walk. It was just like a dream, and then she woke up and she, she's asking, where am I? You know so it's, I think it's just like a dream that you pass into and it's then it's gone <laughs> interesting That's what her, her her expedition was dreaming yes. like I was a young girl and going going to play with my father and things like that,
0: right, but you know there's a different different twist to the story right you know two things I want to share here first is I read a book about I don't remember by uh but I think uh one of this uh, uh, Brian Murphy type of a guy who wrote about near-death experience. He's a neurosurgeon in the in East Coast. Trust me, when I read it, it, it seemed like, you know, it, it, I can also write this kind of a story because everything is, anything what I write will be will be believable, you know? Because I'm that's not just claiming I have near-death experience. You know? That's not going to work. I mean, nobody has seen it to Alpana's point. You know, if it is not, if it is not logically proven, then it, you know, maybe it's all hypothesis, you know? Harry Potter. How do you know that everything else is, you know, whatever is happening in Harry Potter? Really? You can't even say a thing, you know, it's all imagination. But, That's one part. But, the second part, the second, the second part is like, you know, uh, I don't know. I lost my thought. Go ahead, Kishore. I lost my thought.
2: No, no, take your time.
0: No, no, go ahead. Uh, let's not. No, I,
2: I, I, I was about to say that, uh, uh uh, death is a topic that is covered uh, very well, uh, especially in this book called Tattwa which uh, kind of is a preface, uh, I mean a, a prelude to Bhagavad Gita, I would say This defines a lot of these things uh, you know, so it is it is covered and it, it obviously cannot be proved in a logical way, none of us have gone through that to actually see it again, but there was some interesting thing though um, uh, uh, one is in, in in the explanation what i heard was that after death you feel as if you know just like we feel the the i today like the um uh how we feel as this the static or the constant that exists behind all the cha- uh, around all these changes that seems would be the same or at least this, this is how i'm interpreting what i uh, learned in that book um that seems to be the same, just that you have now lost the connection with your body and mind. Oh. So the idea yeah. that exists even today in us remains the same. But now the connection is lost, which means that you're no longer uh, uh, Rajesh or, or Satya or, or Kishore. At this point, you've, you've separated out. So that part went away, but there is that constant, right? Um, and then it goes on to explain other things, which is, you know, it's, I, I'll not go into that, but basically about the um, uh, the three uh, bodies, right, the Sula-Shariram and the Sukshma-Shariram and the causal body, right, so it talks about what happens after that. So obviously beyond the topic for today, but I'm just saying that it is mentioned it and we may have to take it at the axiomatic level that it, it could be true, but we don't know. There's no way to, we'll have to
0: just believe it uh, in the <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I think uh, we probably uh, we will have to. Uh, 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 after some time, it has to be a conviction that that will have to grow within yourself. That uh, you know, matter, you know, matter or energy is constant. It can't be destroyed or created. That means some part of whatever I call it as not physical within me has to survive. I think that conviction has to come over a period of
3: time. Yeah, VP and if the to...
0: condition doesn't come, then it's a different, uh, different discussion altogether.
2: Yeah, and it's an interesting, actually, very interesting uh, topic. In that, uh, maybe at some point we should take that up. Uh, yeah, uh, what happens? Like what happens after? What happens yeah. after that? It, it, it's a yeah. wonderful discussion,
0: actually. Yeah. Sorry, Alpana, you had something.
9: No, no, I was asking. Now, VP, go
0: ahead. <laughs> I think he. Yeah, yeah. Followed. Sorry. Yeah,
7: VP. Yeah. Yeah. No. So my question was when uh, Kishore was talking about deep sleep and going to that point where you are still, um, I was just trying to ask you, Guntax, that is it the same thing that we are trying to do when we are meditating to get to that awareness level uh, while we are awake? So right. is that the same thing or they are two different things?
3: Yeah.
0: Yes, uh, Actually, You, you
3: yeah. Yeah, Go ahead, Great I'll, question. I'll go after you.
0: Yeah, very good question. Great question. Great question, you know, and I think the way that you articulated the question is really, really good because really? I've never been able to articulate it in this fashion, okay?
2: Yeah. And the yeah.
0: answer, the answer, it dawned on me recently after having meditated, been doing meditation for so long time. I once in a while keep myself asking, what is the purpose of this meditation, right? You know, kya hu me? Then it struck me that uh, although my goal is to achieve that awareness in the whole process in meditation, what I'm trying to do is that, uh, and and why is it different from deep sleep? Is it in deep sleep, I'm aware of my ignorance. Okay, I'm aware that I'm ignorant of something. Right, So that I don't know what is happening. But in in when I meditate, I want uh, my understanding is that I'm stilling my mind in such a way that I'm aware of that the mind is completely still, which is achieving the same thing as. What the deep sleep is doing, but I'm not completely lost out. I'm aware still. I'm I'm present, right? That's the difference. And am yes. in fact, in fact, I can actually give some, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, 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 I don't know what proof you call it. Maybe uh, I I don't get the word. It's basically you know my personal experience, right? So the when I do when I have some deep meditation sometimes. I get the same kind of energy levels as a 6-hour 8-hour sleep, even for 45 minutes or 30 minutes I've had. And then, okay. then don't need sleep for a longer period of time. So I'm not saying it's a replacement for sleep, but I'm saying the effect is the same.
8: Mm. It yes. was right, it said, I, na, I, I, In meditation, I, you are consciously unconscious.
2: Okay, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, it is, um, yeah, if I may add to that very well uh, articulated question, I mean, and the question shows that you've you've kind of, uh, as Rajesh said, I think uh, to get to that level of question itself means that you've thought through this, and we've all struggled through to get to that point, uh, no doubt. Um, Yeah, so uh, it is very true that it almost feels like deep sleep, just that you're also aware, right? So, uh, one more um, um, kind of metaphor that we can apply here again kind of helps uh, why we meditate and um, why do we when we still the mind so if you look at the yoga sutras which kind of if you you look at it as complementary they're coming at it from a different slightly different angle but if you look at yoga itself in the second stanza of yoga sutras uh, the the definition of yoga is given as yoga Chitta vritti nirodham, meaning yoga is the stillness of the mind or cessation of any activities in the mind, is defined as yoga itself. Right? So, Patanjali just lays it out in the second stanza, uh, second um, sutra itself, saying that it is the state of yoga. right? So, stillness of mind is given that kind of an importance because. When the mind is still, obviously the mind cannot be still unless the body is still and the sense organs and other things have already kind of resolved at that point. Only then you can have the mind in a point where it's it's kind of still. But when the mind is also still and there are no mental activities in the mind, what what is there? Right? So one way of saying that would be there is nothing. A Buddhist would say there is nothing, right? Uh, a Vedantin or a, uh, a yogi would say well, to know that there is nothing there must be something isn't it? yes, uh, yes. and that's the uh, thing so what is that something that something uh, a yogi would say is purusha on the Vedanta side they would say it's atma or we are calling it a self our awareness, whatever that is we want to call it but now we are established with that thing because everything else has resolved. So when you are established with that thing, now, if you look at it, you are that at that point, just at that point, right? Just and for us, it's momentary, right? We, we probably get into that stage for some time or a split second or whatever, but at that time, you are one with it. Now, what they say is your, uh, uh, your nature or the nature of that is nothing but happiness. That is the nature. So now you are one with that, which means you are happiness. And that's the name of the chapter. So,
7: Kishore,
0: Yeah. Go ahead,
7: Yeah, I was just saying, um, so, we'll we'll talk about chapter 6 later, but thank you for that uh, explanation, both Rajesh and uh, Kishore, that sort of connects the dots in my head, at least, you know, how to correlate these two things that we are doing and you know how how to basically make, start to make sense of it.
0: yeah yeah and and, and uh, uh, Satya to answer your question that you sent on whatsapp uh, just now I think you know uh, connecting deep sleep with happiness his question is how do you connect deep sleep with happiness right my point my point is that I think the way that I have understood is as follows right uh, in deep sleep the mind is not craving for something, asking something, right? Like what Kishore used the language words. Mind is resolved at that point of time, or is contented at that point of time. Therefore, nothing to be done, which is the same thing as you know, which is which is which is for a longer period of time till you have the deep sleep. Let's say two hours or two and a half hours of sleep. But in awake, in wake, waking up state, uh, what happens is to for us to achieve that same impact in the mind of not being resolved then we need some activity that to, to be done for example if I, I i want to buy a house okay then i need to go through that entire cycle of activity to buy that house once let's say what happens after i buy the house okay after i buy the house i'm satisfied in that aspect right i don't crave for a, for a bigger house the next moment for maybe for a one one day or one month or two months you know i like being that house uh, being in that house after that may he chhota team car for garage chahiye and all those things start and again cycle starts but then that period when i have worked hard to get something okay. and then and then till a new new thing has has cropped up in my mind okay my mind is resolved at that time i don't have that i'm happy at that time no okay? craving no craving but that that's that state when you take it to in deep sleep, that state the where you have no craving in your mind is reasonably constant. That's why that sleep is deep sleep and it's refreshing. You feel happy about it. Okay. So put it in the reverse way. In the waking up state, the lesser the number of desires that you're acting on, the more resolved your mind is. That means more happy you are. That's yeah. the
6: reverse of it. So, so so Rajesh, I, I, I don't want to stretch this further. So I just you know the absence of desire leading to happiness is absolutely clear. I think you know I think ultimately we all want to reach that stage where you know uh, we are we want to be in a state of uh, no desire and definitely the linkage of that to happiness is you know well understood. Uh, yes. You know sir. just one last point you know on the sleep part. You know I, I, I my 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 question or my confusion is that. I have only the knowledge that I don't know, you know, about the, you know, what is my state of my mind or anything, you know, during sleep, right? I mean, and associating that maybe, you know, maybe we are going through a lot of, uh, I mean, the flutter is is not there is the the understanding that we have, right? I mean, nothing more than that. The flutter is not, there. the mindset is not there that much, you know, we understand. And and hence, if I move on to, and hence if I, by corollary saying that, okay, so if I don't have flutter, then that means, you know, it leads to happiness and hence, you know, that is the relation between happiness and sleep, then I'll take it. That is Correct. Point. That's
0: exactly what you're saying.
6: Mm-hmm. That's exactly
0: what you're saying.
7: Okay. Uh, Rajesh, can you just repeat what you just said, the last sentence, uh, the, the way you explain, I want to hear that again, if you don't mind. So
3: you, are, uh, you know, our mind
7: is like in the waking space, we are, our mind is, you know, uh, getting disturbed. Something like that you are explaining. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay. So, no, basically, think of it this way. Let me probably quickly summarize that, right? Think of it this way. Yeah, the, okay. in, the, in the waking state, uh, there are multiple actions we keep doing. And for what? Every time, you know, you, let's say that I'm hungry, I want to eat something. Okay? Right. And uh, my favorite food I eat. After some time, for some time, i'm not going to be hungry i eat my full i'm not going to be hungry for some time so till that time i'm satisfied i'm happy if somebody comes and gives me food also i'll say no i don't want it anymore correct
3: right
0: okay that means the mind is no more thinking about that particular aspect called food mm. okay in that in that angle in that uh, dimension in the food dimension i'm happy i don't need anything it's resolved okay Maybe my mind is activate, activated on let's say money angle or relationship angle at, in the waking state state. But in the deep sleep state, what happens is none of these aspects, not just the food aspect, relationship, money, and you think about thousand five hundred aspects that you can think, all of them are resolved because your mind because of the deep sleep, your mind has resolved. The deep sleep has forced the mind to resolve, which means it's giving you a it's 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 giving you a clue. That you are become because of that force forcing of the deep sleep nature, your mind is uh, no more desirous or thinking of something. That means it's giving you that happiness because when you wake up, you are absolutely refreshed and you're so happy. And that gives us a clue that you know the lesser in the waking state we reduce the number of desires which are irrelevant for us, which we think is going to give us happiness, but ultimately they're not going to give. But if you if you are able to think through and say okay. I don't think this is relevant for me, this is relevant for me, this is relevant for me. You can eliminate that and you'll be more happier. That's what it means. Mm. Okay. Thank you.
1: So Rajesh, can I explore another sort of aspect of happiness? Sure. Um, At least in my mind. So there were three sort of words, phrases used uh, while describing happiness. One was contentment. Uh, I think, Kishore, you spoke about fulfillment and then, you know, no desires, right? Yeah. yeah. And and I am sort of thinking, how do you relate that to how we act in the real world? So, for example,
3: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. helping others gives me happiness. I'm just trying to just relate to, you know, what could give you happiness, right? So, helping others (laughs) could give you happiness, doing the right thing (laughs) could give you happiness. Achieving sure. something, being being ambitious about something and achieving it, gives happiness. And so my okay. question, my thought kind of goes to, you know, with by being sort of contented and fulfilled and lacking or having no desires, as humanity, how would we
0: make progress?
3: Uh, yeah. You know, Sir, you're- You've
0: yeah. you gone ahead of the chapter, you read chapter seven, chapter eight, Karma Yoga chapter. That is not fair, right? come on. Uh, no,
3: okay.
2: can, can I, uh, uh, can, 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 can I, can uh, I, can I still take that? <laughs> so, very ahead, very go Very good point, very, very good. So I, 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 I've been thinking about this and uh, I started taking some notes as well. Very, uh, very relevant point. So, uh, yes, happiness somehow seems to be related to contentment uh, or fulfillment, but if you if you you mentioned uh, you know doing some service or achieving some goal um, and those things, yes, they do seem to be giving us happiness. But if you uh, think carefully, just think carefully as a as a uh, cause and effect chain. What happens here? So the um, the cause here here is you have achieved something but then eventually the effect seems to be happiness. But what went in, uh, in between that, if you see that a uh, little more carefully, it is because when you achieve something, there is fulfillment, because there is, um, you, you, you set out to do something because you wanted it, and that period for some time that want has to be fulfilled. Right? So when the, that desire is fulfilled temporarily, right at that point it's been fulfilled, we, there is no mental, um, uh, uh, what do you say, there is no want or desire in the mind at that time. And when the mind is still, because there is no want, happiness seems to flow through, right? So, if, um, uh, same thing with other things that you uh, mentioned. At, uh, if you now take cut away that relationship from the external object, you see that the external object itself is not the a problem or the source that is giving you happiness it is the fact that that is resulting in a certain state of mind of fulfillment of stillness of the mind which in turn results in happiness isn't it because you know you may be promoted and it, it has given you happiness okay you've worked hard for it you've got promoted you're very happy but maybe there's somebody else who wanted the same post, so the act of uh, that same uh, situation, which is of you getting promoted, is actually making somebody else unhappy. So it cannot be that, right? It is how you relate to it that is somehow giving you the happiness, right? So, in other words, if you see that chain and analyze every single thing, whether it's place or thing or, or something that you've done, achievement or whatnot, it seems to finally resolve in your own mind on how your mind becomes very calm and pleased, and in that state, happiness flows. Because again, if you think about it, it's the same thing as what has happened in deep sleep. Because when the mind is still, you're you're almost as if you are in deep sleep at that point. Because it's not fluctuating in any way. There are no things taking you one way or the other. So your mind is very yeah, still. Yeah. And at that point. But sure, I
0: think. I think his question was you know uh, if if having no desires means uh, happiness how should I go That's about the second part the
2: second, how the, do you achieve in the, in
0: the yeah. yeah
2: so yeah so one way to do that is uh, yes obviously you should go and achieve things you should help people you should uh, buy that house and buy that car or whatever right but with an attitude of what is called non-binding meaning don't don't Tie your happiness or uh, the fact to to that particular object so tomorrow if that object is there good if it is not there good that is a non-binding nature of non-binding way in which you relate to it so it doesn't mean that you shouldn't achieve or shouldn't buy or shouldn't earn money but don't tie your happiness to existence of something or not existence of something uh, of that some Know, you want this relationship you don't want that relationship or you want this thing or you want that particular uh, post or whatever right so can you go in with a non-binding um, relationship with that external object and if it is then uh, I, I, I remember Rajesh uh, Swami parmathananda used to say um, again sorry if I'm taking a little and um, uh, uh, one. it'll be a minute actually so he says there was this merchant and the merchant, uh, you know, he, he, he uh, uh, produced a lot of things and then he put everything into, he had this huge order and he put everything into making this order, put all his money and then he shipped the order, right? And he's waiting for his money to come through. But the ship capsized, right? And somebody comes and tells him that, hey, you know what? Uh, that, that entire order uh, is, is gone because the ship has capsized. So at that point, uh, Swamiji says, the merchant initially says what, and then he says, so what, right? So he says, this whole uh, path from saying what to so what, he says is Vedanta. This basically saying, um, okay, so yes, it it has caused a lot of grief, and that's why the first what comes through, but then he realizes the the non-binding nature of it with with whatever it went through. And then he says, so what? Right. So what uh, that's
3: mean, the example they've given.
4: I'm sorry to interrupt, but you know, in present situation, suppose you know he has that huge uh, merchandise going out, and he would have you know been under some loan. And how, do you think he can say so what now? Because the loan person who has given him the loan will come after him for Correct. repayment of the loan.
3: Correct. And if he right.
4: able, to you know, sell his merchandise. Or right. to his merchandise. Absolutely. No way yeah. He can pay a loan, so I don't Correct. think he'll be in a position to say in current situation. Maybe of, right. you know, uh, several years ago he could have, but in current situation, if he had a loan and he's unable to pay the loan, I don't think he'll have his peace of mind to say so what. No, I
2: agree.
3: No, so I
4: that's why that... he is bound. He's bound to so many other things with his merchandise that. He, he 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 cannot get away from the other external factors and still retain his peace of mind and
2: happiness. Absolutely. But does it uh, does it mean that this person should not be centered or should not be happy? What if it's possible? Just 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 as a hypothetical, if it is possible to be centered, then this person say will say will take the right decisions will make the right decisions or will say the right things coming from that position saying oh, this has happened now let me think what am I going to do now which is in a very non-binding way rather than emotionally completely uh, um, uh, in, uh, encompassed by the situation and then and reacting. the decisions that come through that would be a very different decision isn't it? It's, oh,
4: it's, that is It's. true there, you So know, this question comes like loss and grief, So well, he suffered a loss, I know he suffered a loss of goods, somebody can suffer a loss of some person in their life, you know, how do you deal with those situations, because maybe, maybe, suppose a suffer, okay, maybe with the goods, he's not attached with the goods, so he can say, okay, the goods are gone, Okay, uh, so I can, I can live, I can still be happy, in the I can be non-binding. But suppose a couple, and suddenly one person dies, one, one of the spouse dies, and both were you know, emotionally interdependent, you know, as a couple. So, and one person dies, so how, how do you say, okay, so what? You know, that is grief. Uh, you cannot say that. I'm okay, great question.
0: Great question, 743. Sorry, uh, I'm going to conclude this, Kishore, on your behalf. So, uh, Sonali, great question. Think about when you buy insurance and uh, when you buy insurance. When you need it. When you are 75 or 80, or you'll buy insurance for 75, 80 now. Please think about it. You'll get the answer for that. <laughs> yeah, I was,
3: I, was, I
0: was about to say this. And, and chapter one, basically, and chapter one of Gita. And chapter one, and you use the word also attachment, emotionally dependent. In chapter 1, Everything why did Arjuna hesitate to kill B, uh, uh, Bhishma or Dronacharya, but he was not hesitant to kill Kauravas? Please think, it was not about killing, it was not about loss of somebody, it was about yes. his yes. emotional yes. dependence. Please go mm-hmm. back. And then, so, with that, 7.45, next weekend, that is uh, 11th, we are not going to go to Karma Yoga chapter, we are going to revise the first six chapters. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, Ajay wanted to <laughs> move ahead yeah, to the next chapter one, yeah. but Sonali <laughs> wants to go back to the first and revise so we have no choice yeah, but to go back to the first yeah no absolutely sport, And so, to,
8: <laughs> the, to, to the story which uh, Kishore narrated what and so what in that so what it does not mean that he does not care he, he yeah. has a backup plan in that so what what all he can do if the ship ship has capsized that, that insurance thing what you touched upon or maybe some other plans. What he has, yeah.
3: Plus, even you know, if there is, is nothing. A, no, no, no. Even if he doesn't have a do.
2: what can you do? It's gone.
6: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he may or may not
0: have a plan. Yeah, yeah, You
6: know, but at least it will make him think through that, because he cannot just sit and brood over it. Actually, that is why. That is the point. I think. Yeah, but that, yeah. But that is a normal sort of response, isn't it?
1: Which is your first reaction Correct. is. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's an emotional so, response so, versus so, an
2: intellectual so. response.
1: So. Correct. And then you kind of say, okay, what, how do I deal with it? So it's, it's I mean, it's a, it's a normal sort of response.
5: I think it's also about working through things, not always yeah. thinking of the end result in mind or what you're going to achieve out of it. It's, then, it's, it's saying live at that point in time, whatever that journey is. Yes, we all want an end. We all want an expected result at the end but it's about how we actually go through every incremental step to reach that end. And if we are totally engrossed in every moment, we won't be shattered if the response, the result at the end isn't what we had perceived it when we started the journey.
1: Yeah, you, You're right on the poem. absolutely. I mean, you've got to kind of enjoy the journey because when you get to the end result, it's like,
5: I mean, it's a very simplistic way of saying it. I do understand what Sonali is saying, you know, all the other financial implications or whatever else she's talking about. Yes, I understand that totally. But I think it would be slightly varied in our response at the end to what happened as a result, whether the ship sank or we had debt or whatever. If the process or even like when Rajesh said, you know, we're helping people, we're doing, you know, we're doing something to achieve some kind of thing. So we're always talking about we want somebody else to be happy. We want us to help mankind. We want to feed the world. Sure, that's what our end result is. But what are we doing on the way? And how are we feeling at every point of the way? And if we can actually be content at every point or have, and if we just look at every incremental point, then, and if we have that, then you cannot have a desire because the desire is always a little bit into the future.
0: So with that I think uh, we should say our prayer for the evening. I'm sorry for cutting it short. No worries. but uh, we will start on time yes, exactly. again on uh, on eleventh, six thirty PM Pacific time. Okay? Yes. Let's start.
6: Om.
0: Oh Bunad. Sahavi yeah. Yam, he Sweena, but he must remember in the most sharp,
1: shame. Just a clarification, Rajesh. So you said we we're going to go back to. Revisions. So, how, how 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 are you proposing we do that? You no,
6: know,
0: basically, what I'm saying is uh, uh, we will continue to discuss on awareness, limitlessness, happiness, attachment, all these topics, but we will not go into the chapter seven, Karma Yoga, because Ajay, your question was leading to the next chapter, but I feel that uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel that we probably need one revision at this stage because this is the right logical break in the book. Yeah, I, think
7: I, I, I agree. you know, um, I think five and six are a lot of uh, heavy material, big concepts you want to internalize.
1: Yeah. We have not enough, I think, and you're right yeah, because you know, we see that it's to five.
0: Yeah, because the, the subsequent chapters, what happens is like uh, 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 it takes you through some quote unquote, let me use a very simple word called steps, okay? Now, uh, Krishna has said, this is what it is, this is what is the reality. But then Arjuna doesn't understand. Then he goes down, Krishna goes one level and then talks about it. But, but I think, you know, before we get to that, we have to really, we have to think through in our, own, in our own ways and assimilate. We will have thousands of doubts, no doubt, but we will have to think through that. That is what I'm suggesting that we had to revise. Alright, that's it. Any objections from anyone? Do you think we are going too slow? Good for me yeah. as a late, late entrant. Okay. Great. So Ajay, do you still need a copy of the book? for chapter, Vito, you have all the chapters, right? Before previous chapters?
1: I have read them, but I don't have the book, unfortunately. I'll send you.
9: I
0: have. Thank been. you, Alpuna. Thank you for doing that. Appreciate it. All right. Have a blessed. Sunday, every one of you, you, and a great evening. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye.